Many of us are acquainted with the story of Corrie ten Boom and how her family, along with herself, hid Jews in their home in World War II before being found out and sent themselves to a concentration camp. But what was their motivation? How did Corrie find the peace of Christ while in a horrific form of solitary confinement? Well, in this episode of the Great Stories podcast, I want you to meet Pamela Rosewell Moore, Corrie ten Boom's assistant for many years following the war. Pamela takes us back to the beginning and walks us through Corrie's story from start to finish. And in this episode, you'll also hear excerpts from Corrie herself talking about how the Lord brought her through her darkest moments. I know that whatever trials you're facing today, this story of faith, courage, and dependence on Jesus will help you cling to the Lord who will never leave you nor forsake you, especially when you need him the most, which is all the time. So before we get started, I also want to mention that we have the DVD double feature of the 1975 classic, The Hiding Place, plus the 2013 follow-up movie, Return to the Hiding Place, that tells the rest of the story. It's on our website. I'd like to send it to you as my thanks for your gift to Haven Ministries. Just visit haventoday.org to learn more. But now, let's meet Corey's longtime assistant, Pamela Rosewell Moore. Pam, living now outside Dallas, Texas, I want to welcome you to Haven Today. Thank you very much, Charles. I'm glad to be with you today. Pam, you spent a lot of time with Corey during her last years here on Earth. Some of our listeners might not even know her amazing story. Can you take us back to the beginning? Who was Corey Ten Boom? Who was her family? Why did they risk their lives to rescue Jews from the Nazis? Corey was Dutch and born in 1892. She was the youngest of four children, one brother and two sisters, Betsy Willem, and then Nolly, and then Corrie, whose full name would be Cornelia Tenboom. Um, Tenboom's family was a very close one, and the Bible, the Word of God, was central to the life of the family. Really, they just talked about the Lord Jesus. They obviously knew him. So Betsy and Corrie still lived in what they called the Beye, and the Beye was to become a refuge for many Jewish people who were being sought after by the Nazis. Mainly, they helped people to safety through contacts where they could get to farmland in the north of the country. In 1942, the persecution of the Jewish people, which hadn't been too bad at first, it began, and the Tembohms family, father, Corrie and Betsy, had a hiding place built in the very top of their very small house. The first floor was a watch shop because that was Father Tenbaum's profession. And then the second place had a large room, large room with a couple of bedrooms, very small ones. And right at the top of the house was Corrie's bedroom. And that was where the hiding place was so that if Jewish people had to hide, it would be the farthest away from the door as possible, the, you know, the front door. And Pam, once the Nazis invaded, they began to gather the Jews and ship them to concentration camps, and that created a huge dilemma for many of the Dutch who were Christians. Should they help the Jews or should they not? Well, let's listen to a clip from the movie The Hiding Place. I, I, I have my own family to think of. 
We could lose everything for that child. Where would my church be without a shepherd? Oh, but... No, Betsy. The pastor has decided. It is the law, and Christians must obey the law. Think what you are risking for the sake of one Jewish baby. And will you report us, Pastor? If the baby must stay alive, it does. Corey, we are meant to obey the law of this state if it does not go against a higher law of God. And we will keep the child. It is on your heads. A little bit from the movie The Hiding Place, a film based on Corey Ten Boom and her family's life during World War II. And you're listening to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. We're talking to the assistant of the late Corey Ten Boom, Pam Rosewell Moore. And Pam, obviously the Christian pastor in this clip was concerned about his life and his family's life if they helped the Jews. The Nazis created a lot of fear, which caused many people not to help. Could you just think back with me now and tell me what was different about the Ten Boom family? Why did they help the Jews, knowing that the risk was so great? The family had always been interested in in the Jewish people. Willem Ten Boom, who was a minister, he was the only professionally educated member of the family. He was the only boy. And he had particular interest in the Jewish people. And he had been saying since quite early in the 1930s that the Jews were going to be persecuted. Mm. And then they saw that build up happen. They'd always prayed for the Jewish people. They always prayed for the peace of Jerusalem. They often used the word shalom. Um, mm. They were thoroughly Dutch, but there was this part of their life, an important part of their being, which loved the Jewish people. Mm. So when the war came, Corrie wanted to do whatever could be done. She was always the ringleader in the family. I'm sure <laughs> Betsy was, it wasn't hard to persuade Betsy that it was the right thing. And Father mm. Tenbaum agreed. So eventually this little hiding place was built. Pam, let's go on with the story here. The Ten Booms had hidden many Jewish people that were passing through kind of an underground railroad. What happened then? It was very unofficial. Mm. And it consisted really of, of many contacts, many other people. Corey, Corey, an outgoing leader, trusted leader for so many years, had many contacts. and. She had what she called her boys. They were young men who um, would dress up as women if they could and go on their bikes. Uh, and they would be her message messengers and go round. And it's so hard to believe in our day when we can get in touch with our, uh, each other in seconds, really. But mm, they, they yes. didn't. They had to go round on bikes and make sure they weren't caught. How long were they able to hide Jewish people? in the house, in the hiding place. The hiding place was built in 1942, mm. but it wasn't until later in the war, I think the end of 1943, that they started using it, that they, they had more and more Jewish people coming to the front door. So they took in as many as they could. It was, as I say, a very small house, but they had such fun. Apart from the tragedy of, of it all, there's a Dutch word, word it's gezellig, and it's not translatable. Mm. It means cozy, but in English, 
have the word zealot, you'd have to say, you, you could be cosy. You, know, you and I, we could be cosy at Christmas if mm -hmm. we were sitting by a fire mm -hmm. and with music in the background. But in, in that word gezellig used all through the, the whole of the Netherlands in, all, in many generations as I know, it has to involve people. So what, what happened was gezelligheid, this, this coziness. They would have their Jewish visitors at the table. Betsy would, would serve soup and made with whatever she could find in the stores. And they were, apparently she was very good at soup. People loved Betsy's soup. And the, the Jewish people who had to hide, of course, it must have been so difficult to be inside a very small house for so long. But they, the Tenbaum family had a certain a culture. Um, they loved music. And the Jewish people, of course, a lot of them were very good at music. And they played and they sang. And I remember the story that one um, neighbor said, Corrie. Tell your Jews to be quiet. The whole street can hear he's singing. <laughs> yes, yes, I go. Yes, in a moment. Mrs. Bukers. Oh. Betsy, are you crazy? The whole street can hear your Jews singing. Thank you. And that, of course, is the moment you were talking about, Pam, from the film The Hiding Place. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Haven Today, and this is a program about the life of Corey Ten Boom. We're talking with Pam Rosewell Moore, who was Corey's assistant for many years. So, Pam, the Ten Boom family helped rescue many Jews over the course of just a couple of years, but the Nazis eventually learned about what they were doing. Can you tell us about that? Towards the end of the war, there was an, a knock on the door and Corrie was ill in bed. She had a bad bronchial infection. It was the flu and a kind of pleurisy. And somebody was at the door saying, Miss Tenbaum, I need your help. If you could give me 400 guilders, I will be able to get my wife free from from the Germans. They they suspect mm -hmm. my wife. Please mm -hmm. give me 400 guilders. So this man was a traitor. He took the money mm -hmm. and he went straight straight to the German authorities with it. In a sense, their ministry ended on that day as far as being able to help and save any more people. They had a, a buzzer which allowed them to, if they thought there was any danger, they could press the buzzer, buzzer and the Jewish people would go quickly up into the hiding place at the top of the house. And they would put away the crockery very quickly, the cups and saucers, the soup plates. And it usually took, of course, a, a couple of minutes. But it was um, the Germans themselves and they, the Nazis. And they said, um, let us in. We know you're hiding Jews here. Mm. Well, the hiding place was made so carefully. It wasn't a false wall. It was proper brick built in Corrie's bedroom, a very parallel, of course, to the outside wall, with one small grating for air. Mm. And they could get in through the door, which was a, a linen closet. There was a, a way to move a panel right at the bottom and go inside and then put the panel down again, rearrange the items that had been on the lower panel, in front of the lower panel. 
So this they did, and you know, they knocked all over the house. They could not find it. They did not find that hiding place. Wow. But Corrie and Betsy and father were taken away. The story is that they loved the Jewish people and the family was arrested. Um, Corrie and Betsy learnt of their father's death in that prison on the West Coast after 10 days of imprisonment. Mm. And then Corrie and Betsy were transferred to a Dutch concentration camp in the south of the, of the Netherlands. And then they put Corrie and their other prisoners in a, on a dreadful journey in cattle trucks, which went deep into Germany. They couldn't see much, but they knew that was the way it was going. Mm. And they eventually arrived at a, a women's prison called Ravensbrück, deep in yes. Germany. Yes. Corrie called it the deepest hell that man can create. Mm. And Pamela, as horrible as the camp was, the Lord orchestrated a miracle. She was able to be there with her sister, Betsy. Let's listen for a moment to Corey's own words as she explains how her sister helped encourage her in the death camps. I have an idea that later when we are in heaven, we will look back and understand many things that are now not to understand by us. I can tell you about thousand answered prayers, but I also can tell you about many unanswered prayers. There was a prayer that I said every day when I was in prison in Holland, oh God, let they never bring us to a concentration camp. We had heard such terrible rumors about what happened there. But God had other plans. And he allowed my sister and I to pass through the gates of the dreaded Ravensbrück. And Betsy died there, very slowly. But it was not a mistake of God. For now I can tell you with certainty not to fear. When you are with Jesus, the worst can happen. And it did. But the best always remains. There's no darkness that Satan can create that will shut out the light of God's never-ending love for you and me. In his garden, we are visited by love and weeded by heavenly discipline. And you cannot separate one from the other. Betsy knew this truth before me. She never questioned that the Lord was the gardener of her life and that his decisions were best. You know, you can only give it to Jesus. Do you think I haven't prayed? But I hate them. I hate every Nazi in this place. We can't be more than what we are. Only Jesus can free us from ourselves, from whatever happens. Sister, you can't protect me. You mustn't try. There in that camp, I appreciated Betsy and learn to know her better than my whole life. 
always knew a word of comfort. He always told the people, don't be afraid. Jesus is alive. He is with you. And you are safe in the hands of Jesus. We shall do a great many things for others. We must tell people that no pit is so deep that he is not deeper still. They will believe us It was as if the Lord had put a fence around her so that she did not see the terrible suffering around her. Thank the Lord for all he has done for us here. We'll be warm soon. Together. You and I. Always together. Then she was brought to the hospital back a terrible place. There she died. After a terrible winter, it was decided that all prisoners of my age should be killed. One week before this was to happen, I was set free. But I knew that it was God's way of telling me that I must share what I had learned about him for the rest of my life. Corey Ten Boom, in her own words, talking about her sister, Betsy. Pam, it seems her sister was an amazing woman herself. Can you tell us a little bit more about Betsy Ten Boom? Corrie describes her in terms of being almost angelic. Hmm. Uh, she was, her trust in God was so very, very deep. And she, she would say things like, I do feel so sorry for the Germans. Um, mm. that we must pray a lot for them, Corrie. When she died, she had a, a beatific smile on her face. She was always helping other people, always encouraging other people. One night in the concentration camp, Corrie and Betsy were able to leave the barracks, barracks 66, for a short while and talk in the... They loved being under the sky. Perhaps, seeing, perhaps they could mm. see above the barbed wire a few st stars. They would love to do that. And Corrie said to Betsy one night, Oh, Betsy, why are we in this terrible place? Betsy replied, I do not know, Corrie, but I do know that in God's master plan, his blueprint for our lives, there was written on it, Ravensbrück. And she urged the prisoners with whom she was incarcerated, Betsy, we must learn to trust God with the things we do not understand. Mm. She died um, at the end of 1944, of starvation, really. She wasn't well to begin with and didn't get nearly enough food. Do not repay evil for evil, but always try to do good to one another. Always rejoice, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ. 
and to the mindless. The word sounds so comforting. In this place, it's mockery. God didn't make this place. Men did. But he has power. Surely he could stop them. Unless, of course, he's a sadist. Oh, no, he's love. All love. Then he's impotent. You can't have it both ways, my dear. I am Maria Prochek. First violinist of the Warsaw Symphony Orchestra. Did your God will this? We cannot answer. All I can say is that the same God you are accusing came and lived in the midst of our world. He was beaten. And he was mocked. And he died on a cross. And he did it for love. For us. You're listening to Haven Today, and that, of course, was an excerpt from the classic film that we have this week for you called The Hiding Place. And it's about the life story of Corey Ten Boom and her family. Pam Roswell Moore, it was a miracle that Corey made her way out of the camp. In fact, it was a, a clerical error, but we would know it was divine providence. Can you tell us what Corey did after her release from that German camp? Uh, when she got out of prison, she went back to the BA, the old house. There's no, nobody there, but um, the neighbors were very interested. You know, Betsy had said before she died, we must tell everybody, Corrie, what we've learned in this terrible place. Mm. And Corrie invited all her neighbors to come into the BA, into the watch shop, into the old house. And the neighbors, they were really very sorry. When the ten bombs were all arrested and went away, they wanted to know what had happened uh, mm. to Father and to Betsy. So Corrie recounted her experiences, and as she did it, one of the neighbors said, I'm sure it was your faith that carried you through. And mm. Corrie said, my faith? I don't know about that. <laughs> my faith was so weak, so unstable. It was hard to have faith. When a person is in a safe environment, having faith is easier. But in that camp, when I saw my own sister and thousands of others who had training in cruelty, then I do not think it was my faith that helped me through. No, it was Jesus. He who said, I am with you until the end of the world. It was his eternal arms that carried me through. He was my certainty. Mm. If I tell you it was my faith, you might say, if you haven't to go through suffering, I don't have Corrie ten Boom's faith. But if I tell you it was Jesus, then you can trust that he who helped me through will do the same for you. I had always believed it, but now I know from my own experience that his light is stronger than the deepest darkness. Amen. Amen. Pam, Rosewell, Moore, friend, a companion, uh, and uh, assistant to Corey Tenboom, thank you for sharing with us here in Haven today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Charles. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I'm so grateful for our time with Pamela Rosewell Moore. And I quickly just want to remind you that you can get the Hiding Place DVD collector set 
It has both the 1975 classic put out by Billy Graham's Worldwide Pictures and the 2013 follow-up movie, When You Make a Gift to This Listener-Supported Ministry at haventoday.org. And if you want to hear more conversations like this, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving us a great review. You can also go to haventoday.org and sign up for our weekly email and discover more episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you so much for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Charles Morris.